You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 327th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Yes, yes, y'all. It's Matt in Minneapolis. That's my name. Almost forgot. Hey. Yeah, good job. Nice recovery. Thanks. Uh, this is Spencer in Boston. Um, you guys, it's going to be a big night. I have a feeling... It's going to be a big night here on the Slow Ride Podcast. It's a night for blockbusters. That is correct, Spencer. You got mm-hmm. that? You got the stars in your eyes? Are you Are you feeling uh, the twinkle? Oh, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I'm in <laughs> Tinseltown right now. Interesting. All right. Well, that's good um, because there's not a lot of bike racing going on. So, Well, I wouldn't even call what happened today at the Cyclocross World Cup bike racing. Um I know a lot of people come here for cyclocross and bike racing um, commentary. Mm -hmm. And I think we could just probably pound that one out in about 30 seconds. The amount of time that there was actually racing today in the World Cup um, with Matthew (laughs) Vanderpool winning by, I don't know, two and a half minutes over Wout Van Aert. One minute and 31 seconds, which I just want to point out is not nearly as much as Wout beat Matthew by the other week. So just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just gonna put that out there. Mm-hmm. A um, message a message was sent back by Matthew Vanderpool to the Anybody But Wout fan club with Tom Pidcock <laughs> making a nice, nice appearance mm-hmm. in third place. Just trying to remind everybody that he is not actually terrible. And then uh straight from the pharmacist, Denise Betsima takes a win over Lucinda Brand and prime time Carmen Del Alvarado. Is there you know, 2020 has been a weird year. Let's just get that out there. I don't know if people are aware, but 2020's been a little weird for bike racing. I've been really excited that we've seen any racing at all, all year. Tour de France happened. All the Grand Tours happened. Incredible, right? Incredible mm-hmm. feats. This, this women's race today was a great throwback to the normal disappointment I have in bike racing because this year was just <laughs> high marks all around. But with mm-hmm. Denise Betsima winning, it's just, you know, it was one of those gut punches that um, just reminds you of the good old days, you know, pre-2020 bike racing. Mm-hmm. It's back. The, the good old days of European racing, right? Like, I mean, yeah. with, with, with her taking the win today, I feel like all of North America felt a gut punch. And then the rest of Europe was like, meh, don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't feel as, I should feel <laughs> mad about her, but I don't. You should. I don't know. You know, I know. I, I think I intellectually understand that, but um, I just, it, I, I don't know. I can't get as worked up as, as cycling Twitter of, does. I pull up the Twitter in the morning. I'm like, oh, Betsima's doing well, man. The people are raging <laughs> on here. Of, of yeah. anyone on this podcast... I find it hard to believe that you are the most non-pulsed by by her domination today. No, I mean <laughs> it did look easy. You 
Um, I mean, you're as calm as she was after the finish line. <laughs> you're you're as calm as Denise Betsima was going into doping control. Mm-hmm. Not even breaking a sweat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> those are just ketone packets. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, little guy, little shocked that uh, you know, not not as much anger, but you know, then again, 2021 is over. It's a new 2021, so I think things have returned to normal. I think that we are ready to uh, get back to the willy-nilly of American disappointment for anything that happens in Europe. That's I'm willing to accept. I'm willing to suspend disbelief about a lot to do with bike racing. Can, but you she, must, yes. You know, and it's fine that she does whatever she does from her pharmacist, wherever, you know. I'm just saying... She's not the first. She won't be the last, but she should do her two years like everybody else. You know what I mean? That is true. That is true. Can I say that, like, the only exciting thing about the 2020 slash 2021 cyclocross season besides, I mean, I guess it's cool that Matthew Vanderpool and Wout Van Aert came back, but we all know that it's been bad for cyclocross that they've returned. No. Um, oh, is, oh, shush. Is, shush. Is shush. Two things. Uh, Haas, yeah. Clara Hansinger for america Mm -hmm. representing multiple podiums pretty excited for that um Mm -hmm. love the idea of her katie compton katie keogh just slaying it in fayetteville next year but we're hanging out in tulsa at the pony what 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 what, there's no rate there's no bar that's in fayetteville that's cool so we're all going to have to drive to tulsa for the cyclocross uh phone party three hour Three hour drive. Yeah, a, qu- a quick three cool, hour drive. The cool bar. Yeah. Well, wow, it's, it's something that the drive. American cyclocross fans are used to, not the European. That's true. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I, I I'm really into Kata Voss, who won on Saturday, the Hungarian mm-hmm. superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As I'm a dad, as most of you know, I have a three year old who loves to tell me that he's hungry from the couch. And then I'm always like, hi, hungry. I'm Tim. Or lately, I've been saying, oh, are you from Hungary? And it's I know it's a very convoluted dad joke. Not many people get it or appreciate it. But part of me in my heart is like, ah, shout out to Katavas of Hungary for slaying it. Does, it's does very good. little Heimeyer know about Katavas? No, not at all. Um, oh, okay. I didn't but, know you sh- you shared this with him. No, no, no. It's that would get really oh. lost in translation. Um, okay. But you know, it's. Do uh, you do you do you do you watch Cyclocross with your kids? Because we I always watch it with with little Tombo and Tombo, and like we watch it together. No, I don't want to talk bore about him, it um, with you know certain certain times of the day. It's like oh, there goes yeah, the yeah. bike race that started for the first lap, and then it's over. Um, doesn't really. Yeah, matter. I mean. He kind of doesn't care that much that it's on. It's the one time a screen's on that he will walk away from it. Any other time, you could be watching anything, <laughs> you know. I will. But you know, like, whoa, I, this is riveting, I, and I want to watch more. Of I, this. I'll say, Little Heimar loves watching the downhill racing. Downhill racing okay. really gets the the excitement because there's there's it's kind of like a cat watching another cat on the TV. Um, they kind of like, you know, there's just a lot of movement. They don't know what they're seeing, but it's like, oh, that looks really cool and fast. That's what downhill racing is. Um, so I cross, there's a lot of just long, picturesque oh, scenes of mud with people running across. There's so much it. excitement in cyclocross. What are you guys talking about? Like <laughs> so today, much- for instance, Wout Van Aert had a, a three-second mishap in the pit. 
it could have changed everything. It didn't really change anything, but it could have changed, it could have changed everything. Mm-hmm. And th- those are the three seconds that we watched that full hour, hour plus four, you guys. And, uh, you know, that, that screwed up pit exchange wasn't even the mechanic's fault. We I slowed know- down the video, and we know what happened. I know it sounds like I'm bagging on cyclocross, and last week I was talking about scaffolding in U.S. cyclocross, and I was conveniently pointed out by friend of the pod, Bill Shiken of Cyclocross Radio, that there is scaffolding at the Cincy mm-hmm. three-day cross race, and I apologies, mm. uh, yeah, Charm City. I think, um, yeah, there uh, you go. Apologies to the entire state of Maryland for conv- for confusing them with Cincinnati. Um, but, you know, I'm not hating on cyclocross. I'm just conveniently waiting for the world championships to happen because I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm lost this year. I guess I'm willing. Like, I'm I'm willing right. to hate on it. That's fine. Okay. I'm just. I'm kind of. This isn't. It's not fun. Like I feel bad for Michael Van Turnout. I feel bad for for the regulars that like all of a sudden mm. the the supreme squad comes in and then it's just like oh okay. But all they're right. the but they're guess, the regulars too. They never they've never really been away just because they missed little portions. Oh, okay. A little guy, the voice of reason. They've just been away winning world <laughs> tour races. I mean, I just that's not know, away. Like, I feel bad Michael Van large... Tornout is perfectly welcome to to up his road game anytime oh, he wants. I okay. like Michael okay. Van Tornout. Little guy, right. little guy. Let, let, Tim, me, let were, me put it this way. Little Tim, guy. you were you were making it. You're okay. making it like these guys can't go ra- ride road okay. races. They do okay. ride road races. They could sure. up their game. They probably rode the Tour of Belgium. I could pull up Michael Van Turner's <laughs> Pro Cycling stats page, and we can see where okay. he was lollygagging. While you're doing that, little guy, let me just get into Cyclocross 24 results for you. If you take away Matthew Vanderpool, Wout Van Aert, and Tom Pidcock, all established World Tour racers, um, you would have Pidcock a... is not established. Well, he will be. You have Michael Van <laughs> Tornout, who would have won by 20 seconds over two narts. Lar- Lars Vanderhaar would have gotten third place on the podium just beating out Quentin Hermans, which I'm pretty sure that's a little guy sandwich right there. You would be so stoked to see all of those four guys battling for the podium in the men's elite race, which would almost equate the excitement that we'd see in the women's race. I'm just saying that these three guys at the top aren't making it that exciting for me. I don't know. Whatever. I... I think wow. uh, thanks. Thanks. I'm not, thanks for the I'm, no, 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 I'm trying, I'm trying to, <laughs> no, I'm huh. not giving you the victory. I'm just, I'd, ra- I'd rather have what we have now. I, you know, I don't want to see guys winning just because somebody else didn't show up. You know, the only time I want to bike race is when the fastest guys didn't show up and it feels <laughs> a little hollow. But it was really, really great for your friends that were your fans on the side of the road. We'd loved every moment of you winning that St. Cloud cyclocross race. I still tell my kids about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was there for it. It was definitely hollow. <laughs> yeah, it was so, a little hollow. <laughs> no, it was amazing. <laughs> but hollow. But crazy. Slightly hollow, but, you know, yeah. it was fun. Hey. You know. so Still had to ride for an hour. I guess one of the right. things that was um, brought up was that David Vanderpool, I don't know if you guys remember him, but my favorite of the Vanderpool mm-hmm. brothers, uh, mm-hmm. was rocking a climber's chain. This was brought to my attention by friend of the pod, Bill Shiken, uh, you know, as mentioned before, basically the, uh, uh, I don't know who he, the Sid Hartman of cyclocross, um, news. <laughs> I don't that's a local that reference. Not, I don't, I don't know if that's that. local. Everyone could Google Sid Hartman. He was a hundred years old and he was the epicenter of twin cities, sports writing. And he that knows a pretty, 
significant burn on Bill then. Jeez. Well, you know, <laughs> he, he's got a lot of close personal friends. But I, I have to say that the David Vanderpool wearing the climbers chain looked pretty amazing. It was good. Yeah. It did look good. He got the W, too. He went to a, he went to a separate race from Matthew. To so get it. Both do some winning. Yeah. Which I always love when they split them up and then they both win. Like, I, it feels like such a power play to be like, yeah. so why, why send our second Vanderpool to the C1? We just send him to the C2 and crush that you, one, you know? Do you think the Vanderpool parents, do you think that they, like, let's say David Vanderpool went on a different team, right? Let's say he was on the uh, Telenet Ballets mm. Lions or whatever, not the Fidel Lions. He's just just so you know, Timmy. He's 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 got a contract with Alpecin Phoenix through twenty twenty three. Okay, let's say he was on a separate team though. The parents would have to split their weekends, right? Because David would be at one race, Matthew Vanderpool would be at an important race, and then they'd have to Oof. like who got the who got the lesser of the you know who'd have to follow who to what team. My question yeah. would be. Do you think the parents would be rocking one of those jerseys that was cut down the middle and then sewed? <laughs> kind of like a classic, mm. uh, you know, Seth Curry, Stephen Curry uh, situation that we saw in the NBA Finals? I mean... I, I think we all know the answer to this question, and I think we're trying to beat around the bush a little bit, but there's there's only one champion in that house. We, we know this, right? Uh, well, so... This I wanted to bring up. The Alpes and Phoenix team is gonna is gonna ride all three Grand Tours this coming year, and so that means everyone on that team is gonna have to ride a Grand Tour because they don't. It's not a huge team. Very few of them have ran, been in Grand Tours before. But that means we're gonna get David Vanderpool on a Grand Tour too. Well, not only are we gonna get Matthew Vanderpool in the Tour, we're probably gonna get David Vanderpool like in the Giro or the Volta. Little guy, have you done a deep dive on these uh, teams of who's actually on the Alpecian uh, Phoenix team for the Grand Tours? I mean, what kind of help well, does I, Matthew Vanderbilt have when he makes his attack on the GC in the Tour de France? <laughs> I don't believe, I don't believe he's going to make a GC attack yet. They have, I would say, nobody yet. for GC. It, nobody for JC, GC. They have a lot of good classics. You know, riders, they got some good pickups. You know, they got Sylvan Dil- Dillon. So when you say Dilver a lot or whatever, of, uh, <laughs> when you I, say a lot I believe of I have, I have deep dived in the past into the M- Matthew Vanderpool MVPs, the MVDP MVPs, and they're everywhere. They're, they moneyballed this team. You know? <laughs> if by moneyballed you mean not win a championship, sure, it's pretty good. But let's get into this, little guy. Look at this team. Who do they have yeah. beyond... Sasha Modelo, Tim Merlier, uh, yeah, Vanderpool, yeah, okay, and then you've got Vermeich and Philip Walsbleem. Like who else? Okay, so they got Zandro Mirsi, whatever guy who finished like top. He finished top fifteen at the Tour. He can ride a decent GC. They just picked up Lawrence DeVries from Astana. That was your boy with the 187. He's got the T-shirts. Oh. He's got the hats. He's got the videos. He's bringing that Astana rap game to Alpecin. He's got a, a lot of marketing behind him, yeah. a lot of amateur lot. marketing. and it's No, no really good, Spencer, top-level marketing. This guy doesn't even oh, need a marketer. He's got that. <laughs> um, obviously, you guys know, and we've, we've been through this before, we got, we got like Johnny Vermeersch. They, they're picking up Dieter Schweik. They're stealing a Schweik, brother. I mean, what's up oh. with that? 
And there's an American on this team. I don't even know who he is from these pictures. God, uh, Lawrence DeVries. I mean, I feel kind of bad for this guy at some point. Has anyone talked to him about his rapping? Like, you know, like, this guy's just, oh, man, it's bad. It's, <laughs> he might I know be we proud laugh. of I know, it. I know we laugh, but I feel like we should be doing a service to him and be like, hey, man, not cool. Like, you know, kind of like, <laughs> you got I mean, to stop, man. <laughs> everybody starts somewhere, and and, you know, Tim, to be frank, me and little guy had a similar conversation um, about your bike racing back about 10 years ago. We were like, should somebody tell him? It's <laughs> really yeah. bad. Like, should yeah. we tell him how to turn? Should hey, we Tim, show him? Hey, Tim, have you thought about coaching? This is, this is, where, you should, <laughs> this is where you should go because, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about making you play goalie, you know, so you could just kind of stand there and get hit with the puck. Oh, I mean, oh, it could be worse, but so little guy, I know yeah. that you wanted to talk a little about a little bit about uh, the vault that you entered into, which was reading rainbow. And yeah. I know a lot of people are going to be a little shocked by reading rainbow and what that has to do with the slow ride, but I'm just going to let you kind of take this one away because I don't even know how to introduce this or segue into some LeVar Burton. Well, I could have segued from the climber's chain because that, that was what really caught my eye. Uh, it was an episode of Reading Rainbow, season three, episode four. It's from 1985. Okay, I've only made it through season two. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Is this part of uh, Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin's um, trainer, like, watch material, like his video yeah. material while he's riding the so, rollers? Mm-hmm. Totally, I, totally. Okay. Now, little guy, we have a lot of listeners overseas. Tons. They um, must know Reading Namibia. Rainbow. Do you think so? Like, you know, all our Doesn't listeners everybody? in New Zealand. Okay, I'll explain Reading Rainbow. I did, I'm prepared to have to explain what feels like <laughs> such a cultural touchstone. I feel like everyone should know. Reading Rainbow is a show that used to be on PBS where uh, LeVar um, what's Burton. PBS? Uh, public Broadcasting. It's like BBC, <laughs> but for America. Yeah. Uh, basically, each show is about how awesome books are, and there's sort of a general theme, and then... Uh, they have somebody famous read a book, and they sort of like have have the pictures of the book, and they zoom in and out of it. And there's a larger moral thing, and then kids do book reviews, which are amazing. Like six year olds coming on and reviewing books, the energy these kids bring, it's worth it just for that. Mm-hmm. But the thing about this episode, season three, episode four, is it's the tortoise and the hare is the main book. So the whole theme of the episode is bike racing and like not giving up, even though you're not going to win. Don't give up. So this episode okay. starts with LeVar Burton, who, he's like a pretty cool guy, but if you see mid-80s LeVar Burton, you've forgotten how cool LeVar Burton is. Like, the outfits are so good. Like, I immediately am like, I want to hang out with LeVar Burton bad and steal from yeah. his wardrobe. Okay. Because it's good. He's hanging out with some kids in Hawaii learning how to bike race. They're riding Centurions. They're all on tracks. They've got... They've got sweet cycling caps. They've got amazing lettuce coming out the back of are these Are they wearing caps. helmets? Some of them are wearing helmets. Some When they're training, very few helmets. These kids these they kids know it. the rules. Yeah, they get when it. When they race, they're wearing helmets. But LeVar shows up with the hairnet. I mean, it's oh. it's still oh. 1985. Like, he shows up with the heather, leather hairnet. Like, the cool kids have the hairnet and the, the cap underneath. The kids who you know... Their parents are like, you got to wear the hard shell helmet. And they're like, Mom, come on. This thing's terrible. They got these just awkward things. Um, it's so good. So much good um, 
just the jerseys. It's not only if you got kids watch Reading Rainbows, you won't be disappointed. They hold up. They're awesome. But this one has a little something extra. And then when Lavar's going up the hill at one point, you notice, oh, yeah, he's got a climber's chain. Oh. He knows. He knows what's up. Now, hang on. How do you see this climber's chain? Now, is he going full schleck on this climb? Like, how no. much is he getting into this? He never goes full Did- schleck. I feel like he goes... Maybe quarter schleck, but you know, I don't know if he could have gone yeah, full schleck. It's 1985. Schleck. It might have been one of those quarter yeah. of jerseys. Yeah, it That's could have been a quarter jersey. That's um, do they um, did they put like his power numbers on the screen or anything? No, they weren't quite there yet. Uh, this oh. is were they any power? Of, was he wearing sunglasses? And were they the ones from Star Trek: Next Generation? No, he hadn't gotten that role yet. I believe that was a few years later. So he had he didn't have access <laughs> to future glasses yet. Though some of his clothes seem like they could be from a better future than we ended so, up in. You're saying he still had his eyesight. He was not blind at this time. He was not blind like in Star Trek. He he was still himself Okay, <laughs> as he plays in the shows. Um, it's tragic that he's blind now. So In Star Trek. <laughs> yes. Look, you were talking, you, you mentioned about Don't the kids people. that wished that they were in the hairnets with the cycling caps, but they were instead wearing, yeah. I'm assuming... What were those like road gear helmets? That was just the giant just, styrofoam yeah, with the, the spandex, massive. Um, like sock that was put over it. Um, <laughs> I remember my parents making me wear a helmet when I would ride my bike, and I was so pissed off, always so mad. Yeah. I would get like I had a bush down the street that I would ride my bike past, take off my helmet, stow it underneath the bush so I could keep riding. Without a helmet, cool. looks super cool. Parents never knew the difference until now. Of course, listen to this podcast twenty five years later, and um, yeah. and then every day on the way home from school, I would pick up the helmet because I didn't want anybody at school to see me wearing a helmet because it looked nerdy. Now, in my defense, it wasn't a good looking helmet, like oh, you know, they're bad. Uh, like like a uh, a cat like helmet, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> okay, or or a, right. or, a pock, or a pock arrow helmet. Or yeah, um, yeah. you know some other good um, one uh, of those like the Scott the Scott uh, arrow oh, helmet just, really just like a beautiful one. lid that that was um, uh-huh. but yeah, yeah we've come, come a long, a long way. way so yeah. Yeah. when but, were you guys when did you first start wearing helmets religiously like all the time because uh, I know that all three of us for the most part wear helmets all the time and I'm not trying to get this into a a helmet you, you certainly are you certainly are or, no. I am getting into a helmet conversation but I want to know like. Like, uh-huh. I didn't start wearing yeah. a helmet 100% of the time until the day little guy got hit by a car at, at work as a messenger. And then that was when, so I, when I started, I, too. I, that's when I started, too, because <laughs> up until that point, I would um, yeah, I'd wear it to race, obviously. But other than that, no. And then uh, every once in a while, I try to sneak out the door before Caitlin could remind me to put on uh-huh. a helmet. See, when I got hit by a car as a messenger, I did not start wearing a helmet, <laughs> even though I thought I should. <laughs> Too cool for school. Yeah, I did hit my head. So the day I got hit was one of the many days where I was leaving, and Caitlin said, you got your helmet? And I said, nah, I'm good, and I left. (laughs) And I did get hit by a car, fall, and I did hit my head. I didn't hit my head that badly, but I did, you know, hit it enough to get a little little egg on the back of it. Um, So there's not a lot of getting out of that one when you've been reminded – on a daily basis, yeah. and then you go and get hit by a car it, and hit see, your head. I I did the uh, I did the yeah. classic 
had uh, had the cab turn in front of me and crash into the passenger side quarter panel of it, slide across the hood of this minivan cab, yeah. and then fall directly onto my face uh, into the street on the other side, driver's side of the minivan. Yeah. That was a good payday, cracked, though, isn't it? Yeah, cracked, cracked my forehead open pretty good. Oof. Would have been good to have a helmet. Um, There's lots of carnage. Um, it... I thought thought real long and hard about putting a helmet on after that for work, um, but you Didn't know it. it was there I, was cool points to be had, guys. I, mm-hmm. Cool points. I remember being very very scared that little guy got hit, like kind of worried. It came the call came across the radio. A little guy got hit, and I, or on my Nextel, yeah. and my whole time I'm going like, man, I got to start wearing a helmet, which means my Faso Bordalo cycling cap will no longer be seen by mm. all of the secretaries. In downtown Minneapolis, and I will be losing. They were a lot. all talking about that. Uh, hat, oh, a lot of street cred. Every time I would go in somewhere, they'd be like, "Do you know that guy with the Fossa Bordalo?" <laughs> what is a Fossa Bordalo? They'd, they'd say. be like, "Oh man, that, that's oh, are the you most... friends with Fossa?" Oh man, that's such a stylish bubble letters on that Fossa Bordalo hat. That guy's mm-hmm. awesome. I want his phone number. Yeah, yeah. happened a lot. Yeah, that was I... basically yeah. It was my life. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, I never had. Um... A secretary ever compliment a goofy cat, but I did have a helmet complimented. So you did well. I so I had three cycling caps of choice. I had a Faso Bordalo cap, check, awesome. That was always the go-to. Number two was my Onsei cap, which Mm -hmm. why would you be against an Onsei cap? It's just amazing, and you know, looked great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the third one was the the McGuire Pro Cycling cap that Eric Saunders gave me that. I was like, oh, my favorite pro cyclist from America that everyone's going to know really liked me to give me his pro cycling cap. And yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. That's all I owned, actually. All right. So an American D3 team that existed for, what, one year? Yeah. Two years? Yeah, it was a deep cut. Um, it was a deep cut. And a couple of weird Euro teams. Yeah. I think Little Guy's story is going to make the next generation wear their helmets more yeah. uh, than yeah. than your cool Euro helmet <laughs> or hats. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, you know, if the secretaries notice, that's all all it takes. Can I ask, though, you guys, um, as you guys can see, I've been growing out my hair quite a bit. And I I have taken a little bit of offense that you guys haven't said anything on the podcast. I know people can't see the the flowing (laughs) lettuce that I've got. Yeah, it is. It's an audio medium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If I started showing up to group rides with a a hairnet, helmet the leather hairnet helmet would i get respect or would people just be like sorry man there's a helmet rule like i mean i feel at some point they people should respect a hairnet that shows up uh i I don't i don't know if respect is the word i would use fear wonder fear and wonder are both words i would use yeah yeah um technically it would be a helmet so i think you could go on the ride (laughs) I think you would be cycled to the back of the ride pretty... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be my expectation, is uh, nobody would let you in. Like, no one would give you the wheel. No, they'd definitely, it, be, it wouldn't point- be, any- <laughs> they'd definitely be like, come on in. All right, well, they'd make me feel shame. And with that, I think we should go to our favorite European correspondent. Let's get to Michael Matthews to see how things are going in the world of professional cycling for this week's Primlap. Oh, 
Mr. Rumbade and uh, yeah, enjoy your Star Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prem Lap, and let me shoot straight with you. We'd like to thank all of the listeners and subscribers of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Now, we haven't done a full-on drive for membership or for support, but we would love everyone to head over to WideAnglePodium.com, click on the tab Donate to take a look at how you can support independent cycling media, including this podcast. It costs quite a bit of money for us to support the pod if you ever want to buy us a beer and you don't see us because it's a pandemic then this would be a great time to uh help us out we, we would appreciate it um continue to bring uh yeah. this to your earwaves i guess i that, that's all i got right now yeah how's 20, that sound 20 2021 is we're going on our sixth year of uh of doing it's this crazy. podcast week after week which is wild i they should have canceled us by now but they, <laughs> i haven't seen the email come through so we're going to keep doing it. Um, but yeah, the support does really go a long way. So uh, like Tim said, um, do us a favor if you can, if you have the means. It's been a rough year, but um, head over to wideanglepodium.com um, slash donate and uh, check it out. It would uh, be appreciated. Other ways that you can support this podcast are supporting our sponsors. Um, like Willis Kitchen. I bet, uh, I bet the boys have a lot to say about oat milk and i'm for one excited to hear about it yes uh willis kitchen delicious stuff uh they got the two kinds of oat milk you can order over there they're really pushing the unsweetened original that just came out it ships now it's uh only sugar just from the oats one gram of sugar just from the oats itself so it's super healthy super delicious is it I creamy? Got a little, it's super creamy it's the by far it, the best unsweetened oat milk you're ever gonna is find it smooth smooth it's creamy and i put it in my coffee <laughs> you can put it in your coffee i put it in my pancakes this morning oh can i make smoothies out there. of it like post ride can i mix in protein like hammer powder is that, is that gonna work hammer powder i guess, gonna be weird. <laughs> I guess not you ground can. up hammers you know what i mean hammer heat <laughs> i mean that has a lot of iron scratch in it. scratch yeah, so you could you could definitely do make smoothies with it i don't know if i would want to waste my my willis kitchen with some weird <laughs> powder but okay. i get your i get you so go to williskitchen.com right. use the promo code slow ride 20 now back to what spencer just said i was on a ride today with uh-huh. three other people we're riding past a oh. landfill <clears throat> humble break riding past a landfill there was a yeah. hammer in the middle of the road oh mm-hmm. i Somebody feel that we should have gone back to pick it up so that then later in the ride i could have dropped it I think that that would have been funny. No one else in my ride thought that that was funny. I think it's funny to say. I don't know if it's funny to do because <laughs> spinning wheels and spokes and hammers don't always. Yeah, I, I hear you, but how often do you have a hammer in the middle of the bike lane on a road? It's kind of, you know, like someone dropped it. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> And they, their their joke was probably really funny. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody's rich enough right. to just be wasting hammers for. Speaking, let's, let's get back to dropping this. hammers. Let's get though. back to this ad read. <laughs> yeah, speaking of dropping hammers, Garumper Brothers Coffee has been dropping hammers on the cycling scene for a long time with a bunch of banging blends um, over there at GrimperBrothers.com. We 
have partnered with them on two special blends that support the Wide Angle Podium Network. Um, you get in over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to check those two out. We have Hello Cycle Cross Friends and Viewer Mail, both of which are super delicious, both of which are compatible with your Willis oat milk, and both of which support the network. So it's kind of a threefer if you do that one as far as our advertising goes. Um, so wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. Check those ones out. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm Anthony Clark, just hanging out, sliding into the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We have a slew of listener mail. But first, I think we need to get into a hashtag AskSlowRide on Twitter. This one comes to us from a friend of the pod, Yorkshire Bread. Gravel Riders, what are your thoughts on having different tires front and back? Seems to me if it works for mountain bike, then legit for gravel. Or is it a rules thing? And then we were copied Mm. with a bunch of legitimate news sources in the world of gravel. So with that, I think we need to offer our advice on how to answer this question of opposite tires front or back. Now, in full clarity, you gentlemen may remember that when I was working downtown with you guys 14 years ago, I had a front tire that was a 32C and I had a rear tire that was a 28C and I felt really cool because I felt that the front tire being wider and having more grip would get me through the snow banks that much easier that, uh, uh-huh. that were in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also provide lightning quits, light lightning quick skid stops looking super awesome right. on the side of the road. Um, mm-hmm. now little guy, how do you feel about the different tire sizes? Or matching tires. I mean, do whatever your heart desires, or as I tweeted, whatever you dumpster, that's what you got to roll with. So if they're different tires, different tread patterns, you know, it's, it's what you got. You, you got to roll with what you got, you know? Now, Spencer, what... I, 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 I knew that a little guy would be happy with a mullet uh, bike tire setup. I, I, I mean, this was a given, right? I see that Tim is currently wearing an actual mullet on his head, but I'm not entirely sure which, how he feels about bike tire choice. Me? Mm -hmm. I have personally run the mullet many times over my racing career uh, on uh, off-road circumstances. I would probably, though, these days, in my more refined, uh, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. age, um, I, I'm going to stick to matching tires personally. Um, I'm a mountain bike. I'm a cross bike, whatever. I might, if I'm feeling rebellious, flip the back one around, just mm-hmm. run it the wrong direction and like be like, oh yeah, it's better traction that way. Something, you know, make them, make them think you got an ace up your sleeve that, you know, is all just placebo. You know, some, I, so for years I had a, remember those white mountain tire bike tires I had? You guys remember these? They're oh, of course sli- I remember oh, yeah. those. We're on the they're climb. Su- they're, yeah, yeah. The, GX, they look su- uh, the GXAKAs. <laughs> yeah. People want to look up vintage mountain bike tires. I bought them just because they were white. And at the time, I had the black client. I had a pink Sid. 
Mm-hmm. And then I had like red hubs, red rims, red kuka stem, red bars, but everything was mm-hmm. faded almost pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just it's just for coordination that I bought the tires because they just they popped, they but popped. they didn't pop. They were great. They popped, yeah. but they didn't pop. But I I hated those things. <laughs> they were kind of terrible until I put one of them. I put the front wheel on backwards <laughs> after I went drove all the way to South Dakota with Big Matt, and I loved it. Uh-huh. And it turned out they had two ways to run them, and I of course, being a roadie, ran them the fast way. Right and. They were kind of garbage, and I fell all the time, and I was a terrible mountain biker. I turned them around to the grip way, and turns out uh, they're pretty good. And they're and then I did the Dakota Five O, and I felt good and confident the whole time, and and I had a decent race. So, all you right. Know, sometimes well, you got to flip those tires around. Now you you are you are a, a random uh, breed in the mountain bike world. Um, I mean, just the description of the bike alone should say enough, but. You are one to trust Italian mountain bike tires, and not a lot of people do that. <laughs> well, speaking of Italian, uh, Italian tires, is it uh, uh-huh. Yorkshire bred, uh, Yorkshire bred's uh, bike that he shows? He has a WTB on the back and then a Pirelli mm-hmm. up front, which the saving grace here on, I don't even know what brand this is, a Kotic, C-O-T-I-C. I don't know. Sounds European to me. They, um, it, they're both gum wall tires. So I think that here's where I'm going to fall on this kind of, I guess okay. I'll, I don't, the, the question is, are there rules against this? I don't care about rules, right? Like whatever you run, whatever <laughs> you want. However, you're coming right. here for advice, uh, you know, allow us to give you three completely different opinions. Then you choose which one's correct. So you've got a little guy. It's like, whatever you've got, it's great. You dumpstered it. It's fantastic. If, yep. if that's how you went. Yeah. Spencer's like, I'm refined. Whatever's going to look good when I'm wearing my three-piece suit as I walk into the finest coffee shop that is doing a pour-over, right? Yes. I'm just like, Dad, it looks cool. You got two gum wall rims. No one's going to read what brands you have. Does anyone ever going to notice? What's it matter, right? But what I don't like is just the near universal um gravel twitter response of like where ride whatever you want like there's some kumbaya idea of gravel world because (laughs) that doesn't exist i don't know if anybody's been to a gravel race lately there's a lot of jerks all over so i'll be the first one to tell you like this idea like all these responses to the tweet were along the lines of like oh that's not that doesn't fill fill the gravel like ethos i was like okay that gravel ethos ended i don't know when um Gravel Unbound started charging two hundred and fifty dollars for an entry fee to a to an event, right? Like at some point, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like you're dealing with just a bunch of jerks that ride bikes and have nowhere else to talk about. So I would say you've got matching gum walls. No one's gonna tell. It looks great. Um, so there you go. Mm-hmm. But right. but don't think that there's some kumbaya on your, uh, uh, you know, like oh everyone just loves you out there riding a bike because. Nah, that's not the case. Oh, I'm man. Make fun of you either way. Um, David Knox. <laughs> yeah. David Knox hits us up on email. This one's specifically to the little guy. Feel kind of dirty reading this little guy. It's it's for you, but whatever. It came to my inbox. <laughs> hey, Matt. <laughs> I recently moved from Seattle to Southern England for work. And of course, I managed to fly with two bikes and keep it one pound under the maximum weight limit. See the attached yeah. photo of my bike ninja skills. That is that has got to feel so sweet. That has got to feel so good. Now, 
He's in that your like bathroom scale <laughs> yeah. is like on par yeah. with the uh, airline scale, like because that's always the that's the the variable that you can't control for, right? Now mm-hmm. we have a lot of listeners in England, so they're gonna have to tell us if this is just an American fib coming from our American friend David, or if this is some some trueness that's coming in the rest of the email. <laughs> I just got out of ten days of solitary confinement, and I have been riding nearly every day. So there are only a couple of big climbs around here, including Devil's Dyke. Ooh, scary. It was pretty up chilly up there today, so I grabbed a pamphlet, and lo and behold, there's a reference to an old bicycle railway. Granted, it only goes in a oh. circle, but check out the description. Attach photos one, two, and three. He's got three photos. Not sure if this helps yeah. with your home design, as this one appears to be more of a recumbent model. Of a of a rail bike, <laughs> nevertheless, that helps greatly. Yeah, yeah. that explains this <laughs> yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, thanks yeah. for being my podcast companion during my ten day quarantine, and while I patiently wait for my wife and dog to arrive here, cheers and a happy new year, Buffalo Dave. So, all right, little guy. Yes, your rail bike. Are you going to make a recumbent rail bike? This is is that why you're always looking at quill stems at the swap. Uh, you know I am looking at quill stems to swap because I need more. Um, no, I'm not going to make a recumbent. Probably not. I'll just I just want to build an attachment to a bike I currently own. But this is helpful, Dave. Thank you. This Devil's Dyke. I've got to look to see how how high it is. But apparently, there's a funicular um, railway, which is far more important than the bicycle um, railway. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, they're they're on par. Um, the yeah, you can look up pictures and stuff of it. It's pretty cool. It, the the yeah the the little bikes are cool yeah the funicular like, doesn't uh, look that big it's like I don't know whatever yeah I was gonna say you're gonna have to go down to like the model train shop and like talk to those guys and kind of get some specs and test some things out maybe make a <laughs> a one sixteenth size uh, <laughs> model of your bike oh. thing to yeah that would be cool I'm sure they're gonna love that conversation when little guy rolls in there oh. they're like ooh. Oh Dude, man, they will. You're under thirty, or you're under forty. No, come, come. Oh my God, we got new blood <laughs> yeah. to join wow, the thank club. Thank you, Tim. We need a we need a new club treasurer. Did I ever tell you guys this? There's a there's a model railroad like group on I don't know 38th and almost Highway 55 in Minneapolis. Right? It's kind of an uh, nondescript building. I went in there one time and exactly <laughs> they don't want that a sign. Happened. They don't. They got to keep the masses away. No, I mean they have a small sign, but it's like open once a month. That you know you yeah, can go in. Like, oh, it's I, a I, sign I, like one sixteenth. <laughs> yes, it's one sixteenth of a real sign. Um, they were so no, excited I, to see me. Yeah, Spencer, you know this place. I know this place. I'm familiar. I used to live on Thirty Eighth, so I'm very yeah. familiar. But uh, you know, you uh, never that's went. About in all there. I need to know about it. I'm sure they were extremely excited. It was cool. That one's cool. That one isn't as cool as the Twin City Model Railroad. Check that one out. That one's over in St. Paul. That one is great. Great for kids. This is all about uh, dad. Tim, this is your dad friend. recommendations. Right. Let's just. This is all this dad recommendations. Line. You uh, can bike there. There's many uh, helpful ways to bike there. We have to, to have there. another email, right? Yeah. yeah. Dr. Conine. No, I can keep talking Dr. about Dr. Brandon Conine writes us and says, who wore it better? A Colgate toothpaste tube or total direct energy? Um Oh. This is actually pretty amazing. I know that we can't. <laughs> this is an audio medium again. But if you take a look at a Colgate toothpaste tube with the total uh-huh. whole mouth health badging, 
it is identical to the Total Direct Energy Vendee kit, which is arguably the worst mm-hmm. kit in professional cycling. Um, they sold the energy for sure. Yeah. You, little guy, that is such an ugly kit. Are you still into that team? I mean, I know it used to be Europe Car, but oof, they've they've had uh, they've had a tough. It has call. to be. <laughs> I don't think I was that team. into. Of that. course, he's into. <laughs> I'm rooting for Nikki Terpstra. But um, otherwise, I don't really care that much. Who's on that team? I have no idea other than Terpstra. So. Andrew Amy hit us up and says, I don't always open all the promo emails in my inbox, but I'm sure glad I clicked on this one. Happy New Year, and thanks for the great show, Andrew. Um, and then the the link was the email. I, I got this email as well because I'm on the Floyds of Leadville email list. I highly recommend everyone get on this just for the fact that it was a picture of like fireworks over New York Harbor, maybe. And then it's just Floyd looking glorious in front of it. Obviously green screened in almost like zoom background desk with a helmet and yeah. some, yeah. uh, aviators on it. Uh, it just, I miss Floyd. I think Floyd's great. Floyd, He's yeah. He's really done well for himself. I mean, he's, I mean, obviously he's doing big things, uh, with his, his business and all, but it's, and he kind of hates cycling, and I guess that's fine. But like, um, I'm glad he kind of landed on his feet did, after all did, is said and done. Did he win? Right? If like we're gonna like, I if we're winners and losers, and we we are obviously arbiters of all things cycling. That's why dozens of listeners listen to us every week. Do you? I think Floyd at the end of the day, not only did he win Asterix Tour de France. So he had that mm-hmm. glorious 24-hour run where he was on top of the world. Mm-hmm. He then reached rock bottom, living behind a car wash, just kind of <laughs> working his way through it. And then he goes uh-huh. whole ham, right? Like he goes he goes nuclear, pays his time, gets the new hip, goes nuclear, takes down the empire. He's like Luke Skywalker just taking down Darth Vader. It's amazing. It was a wonderful thing that he did. And then he makes money from it. And you know when he like came clean, I there is there's no way he knew that there was the whole whistleblower law where he would get paid for some of the money that was recovered, right? Like there's no way he knew that. He's just like I'm burning this whole I thing down. You won't give me a And then he's like, "Wait, I can get paid out of this? I can get a million dollars?" It's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could argue that everybody in that situation kind of won. You could argue that everybody kind of lost. I don't really know. But he's got the CBD company, which is like my favorite thing in the world. Like he's he's I he's got to be making money off this, right, Spencer? I mean, you'd assume so. You'd hope so. I don't know. Is uh, I'm not a big CBD guy. I don't know like if it works. I'm just saying like does he's got a. Are they big? I mean, they got to be huge. I just I see it in places that aren't cycling <laughs> all, selling it. I mean, they're 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 big in the cycling world. I mean, at least he seems happy, whereas Lance always seems yep. like Lance, like an unhappy, insecure jerk. So, in that way, Floyd won. All right, yeah. all right, sure. I mean, you know, that's not the story. I think people probably want to hear. Um, you know, we need some sort of positive cycling role models um in the world and i'd love to see you know something 
So you're thinking of something happened positively to to you know some other like we talk too much about Lance. Okay. You know, has anything good ever happened to anybody else? Yeah. Okay, if you want to go, like we can go there. Of course. Sure. Um, I mean, Greg Lamont. I don't think anything's happened. Greg Lamont. Greg Lamont, not from Minnesota, but we'll adopt him as Minnesota's son, right? Like we have all met Greg Lamont. We have all had yeah, wonderful but, experiences with Greg Lamont. And Greg Lamont. When's the last time he was been in the news? Well, he would have been in the news last month if it wasn't for I don't know a stolen election apparently, because uh, uh-huh. Greg Lamont just got a, the Congressional Medal of Honor. Was that what yeah. it was? Yeah. The Congressional Medal of Honor. Yeah. He slayed mm-hmm. it. Now, little guy, you even had an interview on the uh, the Slow Ride Reviews with um, was it Daniel DeVries that that wrote the book, the Greg LeMond mm-hmm. uh, comeback book from when he was shot on his deathbed and came back, take that Lance, and then came back and win the tour, which was fantastic. And he wins the Congressional yes. Medal of Honor signed by um, the president. Uh, that guy. Like about uh-huh. a month ago, right? Big yeah. deal. I think it is only, I think that that story needs to be told. The only way that story can be told better clearly is by a biopic is in a biopic movie uh, and a yes. i actually got off the phone earlier today with um sony pictures and sony pictures really been struggling really? yeah spider-man's just not doing what it used to do just not bringing them in as much anymore and tom hanks has gone to apple um so they really need our help in writing <laughs> they need some consultation they, need, huh? they needed us to consult on how to make a biopic that's as good as the two Prefontaine movies that came out in the late 90s. So mm-hmm. this is our moment to shine. So I think we need to go through the cast of characters and create the Greg Lamond biopic. Are you guys ready okay. to do this? Um, I've never been ready for more, more ready than I am now for anything. So... In my life. We clearly need characters. We need a Greg Lamond. Who's going to play Greg Lamond? Mm-hmm. We need a Kathy Lamond. Who's going to play Kathy Lamond? We need Pedro yeah. Delgado when he decides to show up. He might be forty-five seconds late to show up to every um, shooting, uh-huh. but that you know you got to live the character. Um, well, we need a we need a uh, Bernardino. We, we absolutely we have, need to a, have a, a we need Bernardino, and we need a professor. We need a, a Fignon to really mm-hmm. just yeah. seal the deal. So I think we need a Floyd Landis too. We need a Floyd Landis. That's right. I've got I've got all of it. So um, I think we're going to okay. work through this. So little guy, you as the expert on Greg Lamont, and you're the expert because you have worn through your VHS tape that you stole from the St. Paul Public Library in 1989 <laughs> um, many times. This is how you put young Tom Boone and Tom Boone into bed every night just to say, this is what happens <laughs> when you don't take showers. You get a... You get a saddle sore, and you're just going to lose the time trial by eight <laughs> seconds to Wait, Greg Lamont. Are you implying that Lauren Fignon did not take showers during the 1989 tour? Okay, That's yes. what I heard. He's, he's, <laughs> he's French. He's French. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, little guy, take us away. Mm-hmm. Who, um, who do you have um, as your, uh, your Greg Lamont? You know, the best I could come up with, and I'm not happy with this, and I'm going to hope you guys get a better We're suggestion— gonna- um, yeah, we're gonna workshop this because I want a, a remote resemblance. The best I could come up with that kind of looked like him was Zach Braff, and I'm not happy with this. <laughs> Zach Braff. 
God. I'm really not happy I, with this. Okay. But that's the best I could. So, hey, what's what's Zach Braff got going for him? He's a nice guy. Your fi- he looks your a little bit like Lamont. Different direction than my film no, was it's, already. It's bad. I don't want to make my film. I want to hear who you guys have for Lamont. I've got better picks for other people, but who who do you? Guys Is your have? film kind of a comedy, kind of a like lovable loser sort of situation? It's gonna be really twee. It's gonna be kind of irritating, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going. I'm going for the Academy Award. Right. So like. Okay. This thing, this is Powerhouse. This is an Oscar vehicle. Like already, okay. you know, the the campaign is starting and Kevin Costner is lining up as oh Greg God. Lamont for a couple of reasons. One is he's is he's a world-class old actor. Super old. Yeah, sure. But yeah. you know, young Kevin Costner looks a little bit like old Kevin Costner, Costner as far as I'm concerned, too. <laughs> well, I would I would assume so. They're the same human. He has cycling pedigree. As yeah, Marcus Summers, true. he he yeah, knows how to bike. win the races when it's it counts. Terrible. He knows how to take on the, the horrible enemy. Kevin Costner trash. is, is Greg Lamont, and he has the steely look when it matters. He can okay. He can look down. Here's the thing: Kevin Costner is currently like 50 years old. 65. Um, He's 65. We this is this is going to be set in 19. 19- Probably 86, maybe 89. I don't know. Maybe it's going to cover all those years. He needs to look like a young, handsome, 20-something, blue-eyed, just... uh, We need to to get the swoon going. Yeah, but here's the thing. I talked to my mom. She said Kevin Costner's (laughs) dreaming. She said he could pull it off. He could have in 1985. Um, So who you got? These days... These days, I think I think we need to pull like a powerhouse name. Like we need who's more powerhouse than Kevin Costner? Oh my god! Well, Tim. see, I was trying to think, and um, you know, the budget we have to work with. I'm, I was thinking like a Jake Gyllenhaal kind of <laughs> situation, but I don't know that we, I don't know that we have the juice for that. Um, but what I'm thinking is we need we need to make this an action film, right? Like all the Marvel universe stuff is huge right now. It's the only stuff making money. We need return on investment, so we need uh, we need Tobey Maguire, um, <laughs> Spider Man fame, coming in, playing a young Greg Lamont. He's scrawny. He's kind of you know he's got that nerdy thing going on when no one uh, likes when him. He's not Spider Man. Yeah, he's like he's like the American yeah, coming in from uh, the outside. All right, I can. I can it's perfect. All right, I, I think that's the home run, um, and we're going to spend our star power money on, to- we're on Toby evenly Maguire. Spread it across here. Well, we're going to have some budget right, left over right. because. You know, I got a good Eno in mind right. as Who well. Who do you got for Eno? Sticking with my um, <laughs> Marvel Universe. <laughs> I think Hugh Jackman is kind of the wow. perfect well, the, the, Bernard Eno. No resemblance at all. No resemblance well, at all. Well, okay, you're, you're going to get off this. I, okay, I, you're going Hugh Jackman. I, I had a um, I had an equally as good Hino. You know. um, okay. I was going with Joe Pesci. Um, I just feel that uh, <laughs> I feel that Joe Pesci could... <laughs> could really run the podiums the right way. He kind of have that right, like just the right amount of swagger from Goodfellas mixed in with the appropriate amount of comedy from Home Alone. You don't know who you're going to get. And you got to like, you got to have comic relief. It would definitely be the French, (laughs) like Joe Pesci doing a French accent. I think I'm trying to work out both you guys' movie angles. Little guy's got this kind of uh, goofball dramedy, um, going on uh, with a little slapstick in there, a little little break in the fourth wall sometimes. Um, but Tim, it sounds like you've got like sort of a cocoon situation going on, 
where <laughs> you've got a lot of very old actors playing young people. Yeah, Wil- Wil- Wilfred, more fun Wilfred Brimley is the uh, Wilfred Brimley is the soigneur. They just like took care of him. He's, Tim, we lost Wilfred Brimley in 2020. <laughs> we, we're going to CGI him on the bus. It's it's amazing. We're spending half the budget just, on that. Just serving people oatmeal. Who, who do you got, little guy? Who's your uh, Who's your Hino? I don't have a Hino, man. I got to admit, I couldn't come up with a good Hino. Okay, here, let me pitch this for because since I know what direction your movie's going, and I think it's maybe wrong. I maybe you need to too, course correct yeah. a little, and make it a little darker, a little more gritty, a little mm-hmm. more, um, you know, Boston. Maybe you, uh, maybe you cast uh, Ben Affleck. Um, you know, uh, for Hino. Yeah, oh, yeah. maybe. Who's the Give saddest cyclist? So we can cast Casey Affleck. But maybe you get maybe you put Matt Damon in yours as uh, Greg. Rico actually needs a job. Um, this could be his his comeback. Uh, there you go. Rico gets to play Lamont. <laughs> now Spencer, uh, uh-huh. I think that there's there's different ways we can go. Do you have any um, Kathy Lamont um, support staff um, support supporting? But oh, yeah. we're, we're I, truly I the leads a, here because they put up with the chaos that is the Lamond life. But who do you get? So for Kathy, um, this is where I'm starting to spend our budget. Um, I'm starting to throw around the uh, the big money because we need we do need to bring in that uh, older generation as well. Kind of the um, the the folks that uh, were one cycle ahead of uh, Spider Man aren't aren't really familiar. So we're going to bring in uh, Jennifer Aniston uh, to play Kathy Lamond. Wow, this is this is a real star vehicle that you've got here. Um, oh yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's totally opposite. I was going with Goldie Hawn. Um, I just <laughs> we we are again. We I love. When was your movie made? <laughs> no, I love I love that our movie. Everyone is at least thirty years older than the characters. Yeah, have you ever playing. seen Wildcats? Have you ever seen Wildcats? Goldie Hawn knows how to yeah, carry yeah. a sports movie. The no, movie is just true. set in the eighties, Tim. It doesn't need to be like it's not filmed in the eighties. All right, all right. Well, yeah, if we're gonna just if we're gonna set in the eighties, I'm gonna go with Holly Hunter. Mm-hmm. But again probably won't really work at this point. So we know the linchpin to all these movies is Fignon. Yeah. Like we need we need a good Fignon. So I wanna leave that. I'm gonna push that aside for a minute. Ah, because there's another like bad guy character, kind of the secondary um, you know, uh, thorn in the side of our of our hero. Uh and that's of course Delgado. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so f- for my film, like Typically, you know, you have the one baddie who's kind of the serious baddie, and then you have the other baddie that's kind of a goofball, kind of like a, you know, might mess some stuff up, but is a little, a little less uh, hazardous, as it were. I've zeroed in on, my team has zeroed in on, uh, we've done the research, Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, <laughs> that's actually a decent uh, play. That's actually, a, yeah, that's, he's, a, he's a high, well-trained actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could do the you could do the accent. It's yeah. gonna be incredible. He he actually has more range than okay. That's that's, that's actually that's good. good. Uh, look, I who did you have for Delgado? Well, I was just gonna really lean in after I accidentally casted Zach Braff, even though I don't want to. <laughs> I don't even want to look at him. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into the twee. I'm gonna go with Michael Sarah. I'm gonna really lean oh, in. Oh wow! See, um, he doesn't look anything like Delgado, and that would be we'd really play that up that. Michael Sarah doesn't look like he could ride up or walk up a hill. 
so scrawny. Wow, so it is... would just sort of uh Wow. I I went, as you can imagine, totally opposite way. I'm just thinking who's the well rounded like Delgado, you only you literally only need in the movie for like three minutes. Like who oh, who do you need for three minutes to to get the point across that this <laughs> this guy is important, he's he's valuable, but you don't need a lot of time here. So this is this is the perfect opportunity for Kevin Bacon to come through. He can play everything. Uh, He's a great villain on a lot of his movies. the youngest person Tim's casted? Once again, he has great cycling pedigree. I don't know if you've seen the movie Quicksilver. He can he can carry himself on a bike. He'd be great. And again, this is we're, we're shooting on a budget here. Um, to mm-hmm. go back to the '80s, what better than to have? The man of the '80s himself, Kevin Bacon, in yeah. a movie in yeah, the yeah. '80s. A- actors who are popular, then I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim, you're only casting people you know can ride a bicycle. Yeah, that's you know the, the start. most people can ride so, a bicycle. So th- I can go into who my uh, Lance Armstrong is. This is pretty quick. I'll just go. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Premium Rush, but uh, Joseph, Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt has an amazing yeah. revelant- resemblance to Lance Armstrong. Just the right amount of douchiness okay. too in that movie to pull off a Lance Armstrong. That um, you know, that's okay. the that's the young star power. I think that this could go. Premium Rush, great movie, not as good as Quicksilver. Interesting. All right. Well, I didn't have a Lance picked out because I he you know he is not going to factor in my film. I guess. Um, I I mean off the cuff, I guess you'd you'd want to you'd want to cast like a Brad Pitt or something, but that's going to be, there's going to be problems with Jennifer. Um, that's just not going to yeah, work. So very true. Um, mm. yeah. Agents are going to have a lot of trouble. Um, but I do, I did have Kevin Costner on this list for a cameo, kind of a, maybe a walkthrough in the background. Maybe he's the coach of one of the teams. Like or something. a Stan Lee cameo in. in like all the Marvel movies, just kind of in the background. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, but the people want to know, and we've delayed long enough. Um, we need our central uh, centerpiece to this film, um, Laurent Fignon, mm-hmm. yeah. the the ever present um, you know, so, threat to Greg LeMond's top game, top of the world. I stats. I actually gave this one a lot of thought, a, a a lot more thought than the rest of my. Um, Actors, I mean, I'm going to make millions of dollars off of this movie anyway with this this cast. But uh-huh. for um, Fignon, I kind of went deep cut. And okay, Andreas Wisniewski. Now, I know you guys don't know who this is. Nope. But let me remind you of the little-known holiday movie Die Hard. Mm-hmm. That there is a villain in Die Hard, and he's got these big round glasses and he gets killed Mm -hmm. pretty early by um, John Clayne and his brother Carl tries to avenge his death. Do you guys know who I'm talking about here from Die Hard? The the, the German terrorist with the glasses. I think that this guy is spitting image of Fignon. Um, Everyone should just look it up. The guy with glasses in Die Hard on Google image search and (laughs) guy with glasses. it's, It's, Spitting image of Fignon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Is he still alive, Tim? Uh, well, guy, okay. yes, he is. I really. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I just it's a it's a thing you got to consider when you cast somebody for a role. You know, I don't I don't want to bring us all down, but they do have to be. He's been in some movies around. lately. Well, yeah. He's been in a lot of a lot of Tim's. <laughs> a lot of Tim's have been questionable if they're still alive or not. I mean, he definitely casted one person that that we lost recently. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure. Um, you know, I'm I'm like Tim's handler here. I just come in and make sure the pieces really fit yeah. together. Um, yeah. I was gonna throw my own hat in the ring for Finyan, you guys. I think uh, I've got the jersey. Whoa, wait, what? I'm really good at growing my hair out. I wear glasses, and I I could certainly get a new pair. I've had these for four years, so I'd be totally willing to go get new glasses. Um, I'm not really excited about going bald, but I'll do it for the role. I'm kind of method, and um. Yeah, you know, and I ride old bikes, so I'm almost there. You know, I mean, I wouldn't really have to change up my equipment to get in the get in the feel of it. And I've had a saddle sore for six, seven years now. So <laughs> incredible! So you're trying, you're you're pitching, launching your own acting career as Laurent Fignon in the Greg LeMond biopic. Yes, this is that's a power move. Well, you got to start somewhere, you know. And I think are you doing it uh, at the top? You getting paid, or are you doing it for the exposure? <laughs> I hope I'm getting paid. <laughs> just, just curious. <laughs> just the exposure. Wow, was, you're not my agent, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would want ten percent. Who you got, Spencer? So, I, I mean, there's so many ways this could go. Finian is such a central character to this plot. Um, you know, I was thinking originally, like, uh, 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 we need more star power. We we can't get enough star power. Um, you know, a Zac Efron could be a uh, an amazing Finian, but you know, what's Leo what's Leo DiCaprio up to these days? You know, he's he used to have it. I don't know that he does anymore. And so I settled kind of in left field, but I think it'll bring in another subset of audience that may not come to this film otherwise and we're gonna have to do a little cgi a little hollywood magic because this is we're getting close we're not quite in the tim hayes uh actor selection range but we're getting there mm-hmm. i'm thinking to keanu reeves dude he doesn't like we dye the hair blonde he need cgi are you kidding have you seen him in john wick that'd be <laughs> kicking major that's ass. true uh that'd be good he's got that he's got that cool uh detached uh, mm-hmm. demeanor. I, I, um, I, I like what you're going. The, the other actor I had in mind with that cool detached demeanor would be, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, you know, has that oh, same yeah. sort of, um, just has mm-hmm. a quietness about him in the same way Fignon had the, had the very, uh, mm-hmm. shy with the press or, you know, sort of didn't want it in his face. Um, I feel like he could also bring, bring that to it, you know? I think these two, those two would be actually good <laughs> if we weren't just going with people that look like people. <laughs> those two would be really good. And Wilter and Wilford oh, yeah, Brimley, no. Tim. I'm not. Thank I'm you. not knocking that. That I was a good choice. It was. No, it was super good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, do we have a name? I also really, <laughs> I really wanted to work Paul Rudd into this one too, but I couldn't figure out where to put him. So, if you guys have any ideas for that, Zabeldia, uh, let me know. Yeah. This. Anyone, I don't know how it works. I don't know if he has a place in a Greg LeMond movie, but he was probably riding. <laughs> if anybody it, knows Greg LeMond, was... if you want to hit him up, yeah. just let him know that uh, you know. years ago we gave Greg LeMond a business card to join to have his son join our team because we figured we could 
you know, convince his son, but not the legend himself, Greg Lamont. Um, someone could just hit him up, let him know about our movie idea. Maybe he could uh, bankroll it as well. Um, he's definitely into some business adventures, so we can totally yeah. use the money and help him out. He's, he's into business. I love Greg. Yeah. He's awesome. We we didn't go with the Floyd Landis, you guys, and I just got to get this out. I got a great Floyd Landis, Steve Steve Zahn, Minnesota's own Steve Zahn. I he looks enough like him, and he brings a manic energy to <laughs> to, to 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 being the crazy friend that I feel like. I got to yeah. imagine being friends with Floyd is like uh, watching Zahn, Sierra, wow. and 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 Steve Zahn being a uh, you I, know. <laughs> I had David Stern. I feel like. Uh... I feel like an Adam Sandler could could pull off a good Floyd Landis. Has Adam Sandler ever worn anything as tight on his body as cycling clothes? <laughs> like he, Adam Sandler only seems to exist within like drapery, like just the baggiest, most unform fitting clothing. What's well, under there? That's uh, what. That's my see question. You say that. But this is a cycling film about the 80s, not about current times. So we're talking about some big drapey clothes. I mean, more than now, but not. And people just go Google Adam Sandler like in his regular life. It is. It's <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It is a Maybe, look. I still think Daniel Stern could have Adam Sandler's role like da- Daniel Stern. Yeah. Real classic. Again, how classic. old is Daniel Stern? <laughs> uh, dude, him and Joe Pesci were like the perfect counterparts in home alone i just think it's time to you know live it up but with that he's 63 years old <laughs> if anyone else has wonderful ideas oh about the next cycling biopic make sure you email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us and instagram us at the slow ride pod we'd love to hear from you we'd like to thank all of our listeners and supporters over at the wide angle podium head to wideanglepodium.com and learn how you can support the show it really does matter to us and helps us out a lot We'd also like to thank Willa's Kitchen for their continued support. Head to willaskitchen.com and use the promo code SLOWRIDE20 to save 20% on your next oat milk order. And Grimper Brothers. Head to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out how you can get the best coffee in town. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Yeah, Tim, I think we'll probably gonna be able to get funding from AARP to make your movie. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible. When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, 
raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Thank you.